0: So we've been yahed to to be misbaden in the life of somebody who either was killed in the war or lived through it and a lot of it forged uh, the person <coughs> who he is and what he did and what he said. We wanna understand what we lost, who we lost, the the the, 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 the Russian that we lost, we wanna be misbadening the different of their understanding of what they went through because they're, they're the ones whose Tyra is the of that Kufa and that's why we were and just for that the person I'd like to focus on this year was somebody named Gershon Libman Gershon Libman was from the big Nevadic Tamidim he never saw the Alta Nevadic yeah. but was um from that next door of Big Talmidim. Uh, it's possible, uh, uh, we don't know that much, but in Europe already, he was considered from the of Novartic Talmidim. He went through the war with incredible stories, uh, just the uh, of the person. At the, after the war, he settled in France and rebuilt France, with probably 50 moistis, easy, if not more, with thousands and thousands of yeah. tamidim. He was the one who triggered the rejuvenation of Yiddishkeit and was an incredible person. Um, I was able to see him once, at least once I remember, maybe another time, um, and he's one of the, a bach who had learned in yeshiva by him, an American who learned in yeshiva by him actually, and, uh, he was and they he used to tell me stories about it and so on. That's my kesher. They wrote up and they put out a safe with a called Degal and the the of and that's what we had from him. And th- this life was an incredible life. And it's not. He and his medris is not here anymore. Try a little bit to to to, to Get some sense of it. He was born in 1905, and he was born in Sidishehoms. Father was a square Hasid. Yeah. Um, he, uh, became somehow, he became somehow um, became swept into the Varduk. The Varduk had had a it was a movement that making yeshivas. They would come to a town. It would be the yeshiva. And they would grab every kid they saw on the street and put them into the yeshiva. Um, and he was one of the uh, different Hsidishi who told me that the, ish, the did not have the understanding of making yeshivas. And this other person told me also he was a Hsidisha Baha who was not going to go to yeshiva. And the Vardik let him in and became the Vedic and so on. So he was one of those boys and he became swept up in the Vardik. To understand what the Varadik was, the was a movement <coughs> that their one motto was Emis Anasif. And with a tremendous Kitsanias, the last, the dying words of the Alta Nephardic was to fight to the end for Emis. The, um, they, they, they lived with Bitochim in extreme ways that we couldn't fathom. They ripped each other to shreds. They had all sorts of radim and different, they had a whole slew of activities where people would give each other teichacha in the sharpest ways possible. And tremendous hisrachkis from anything that was gashmias. And my father told me, he was never a but no they would, they would go to eat and then somebody would get up and say that now is the time for breaking your taiva and they'd sit down after a long hard day to some meager supper and would get up without touching it extraordinary, extreme avoid on being miraculous themselves from anything of haze food covered Tremendous, um, being mashed for themselves. Um, not, a- anything that we could associate, really with a tremendous Ketzerias. And they were very into our Batsa's Torah, and Zika They went around making yeshivas in every town possible. And like I said before, it, 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 it sounds to us almost today like a fairy tale, they would, they would two Bauchim would decide. The they, they would decide two bachim are ready for They would tell them, uh, okay, you know they would pick a town on a map, and go there. They would get a one-way ticket. They would come. They would give. A, they would grab all the kids they found on the streets. Do nothing. Whatever. Bring them to the shul and announce that they're starting yeshiva. And then collect for, for the meal. They would go around collecting food for it. Incredible. Um, incredible in Haggis. And um, Amitsus, they called it, was courage not to care what other people think. Tremendous sense of not caring what the world thinks, caring only about the emis. Those were all part and parcel of the Vedic. It was an extremely demanding movement, an extraordinary fire of Emes, Quetzalias, and this was Rav Gershin's cradle. And this is where he grew up in, and he was known already, Meshachter, as being one of the most fiery of them. We don't know much about his early history, but the war came and he ended up in the Vilna Ghetto. The, um, in the Vilna Ghetto, he started a yeshiva. Starting yeshiva in the ghetto was something that you were risking your life with. It wasn't clearly also wasn't clearly Mutter. And he kept, he had 30, 40 boys learning. And we have testimony from non from sources about it. And they were amazed at it. And, he, you know, there, there was, he he was there schlepping kids, finding some way to get them food and so on, because if you didn't work, you didn't get food and so on. and. Kept a yeshiva going there. He was um, he got married in 1940, and the um, in, in, and uh, his and a few months afterwards, his wife was sent off to be killed. In 1940, what, what happened was they were in Vilna. Vilna had first been in the, had gone to. The, it had become independent for a few months, then became communist, then became German. And when it became communist, Reb um, Gershon and the communists were to get rid of all Frumkeit, all anything like it. And a few Nevartiker got together, Habur and Nevartiker got together. And um, the, 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 the one who was speaking and took out a Sefer Torah and held it when he spoke. When, it, when he finished, the oil was extraordinarily moved and they swore on the Sefer Torah that Shifte Beves HaShem Kon that they'll forever remain in learning. It was an incredible moment that Geshe was part of that Chabura. It was a summation when everybody was worried about how to remain alive, and my were a group of people that that were Isaac, and they needed to reinforce it with a that shifted based on shem They sent to Reb was his last month's. Um, they, that all yeshivas should do it. All yeshivas at that time were at Vilna. And the answer, the way it's quoted is, Chalaisa said, maybe they should, but only Vardikas could. It, to, to, it, it required a certain type of of Hanefesh, Amitzer let's be words. And only somebody that was raised like that could do that. He, the ghetto, was liquidated, and there were many missing with him in this Bochum Yeshiva, and they started the trek of concentration camps. He was first an Estonian at the concentration camp, and um, in, in Germany, two or three concentration camps. His stories in concentration camps are beyond believable. The first Shabbos, the Kapos said, going to work, you know, watching and and Gershon said, Shabbos, I don't work. He didn't spare any words, and he, and, and he, he Prashid, beat him to a pulp. And he didn't go to work. And he, and he said, he was made himself, that he never was Mahal Shabbos in the camps. There was a Minic in the Vardic. It's based on this, this what's called the Rivets um, Tainis, which is that instead of facing a Tainis, which is not good for you and so on, leaving over something in your plate, especially something you like, is like a tinus. It's a fear seyetsa. doesn't, check doesn't, uh, it check your health. In the it mail, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> Nevada the has done a lot the people with the Gersh were made that he never ever finished his piece of bread or whatever in the camps he left over a quarter or a third depending on the situation and they asked him once why and he said you want me to lose my with him also if I can't control myself and I can't say no to food, then I've lost my tzamelechim. Like they thought, so he wanted to give it to others. They thought that he would, and so they, nobody touched it, and he wouldn't eat it. He, he knew they were playing with him. It went on for a few days, and then they started you know, taking it and giving it out. He was, one of his duties was, um, was serving the SS people. That was he was like the waiter or something. He walked in and there was a talus being used as a tablecloth. They had done it, you know. <clears throat> which you know, so so there's a talus spread out on a table of SS offices with food on top of it. He walked over, ripped it out, and tossed all the food on the officers. You know, just ripped out the thing. Fell. They beat him dead, and then the officer pointed to two people to take him out. Taking him to the to, to the mason, they felt that he was still alive, and they brought him back to the barrack instead, and 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 brought him back to life. His. Um, he had a quote-unquote minion that went. The minion was there was no time and place to stand, but when they were laying on the barracks, he would with betzibur. He would have ten people answering and so on. The um, his anhogis were incredible anhogis. He had two at misnefesh from it. One was that he had, um, there was a boy that, um, I don't know if this was in the ghetto yet, or the ghetto in the first time, I'm not sure, where um, a woman had asked him to, keep, to, to take care of him. He took care of him as a child, and he eventually became free and became a tailor and so on. She also asked him to take care of her daughter, there was no way he could keep a girl. It wasn't Shayek, it wasn't a boy's camp. It just wasn't. But he always, whenever we would speak about it, he would cry and feel maybe he didn't do enough. But there was one thing that gave him um, a lifetime of nefesh. There was one of his boys was somebody named Herschel Rice. And he was somebody who was constantly going around, doing people, helping, tremendous uh, hasadim, And he was very adept. At smuggling food in. And they caught him. And they sentenced him to be shipped off to the to, to the gas chambers. Um he managed with a group of Bahram to visit him. And you know before they went in they they were working on, on, on by the by the railroad so they they could go they could go in. And the Nazi guard told him, I'm warning you, I've counted how many you are going in, and I've counted, and I will count how many going out. And if there's any extra, you're all going to die. They went in, they spoke to the bacha, and the bacha wanted to come out with them. And Reb told him, the Torah asks it. The Torah says, you can't. And the boy accepted it. He walked out, the God was nowhere to be found. And Kolyomov, Abgeshin couldn't be Meich himself. He said, Akadish Baruch was expecting a lot more from me. He was expecting, and I failed him. And they found in his pincus, um, after he died, a Kabbalah never to listen to music again because of what he had done. That was his amis nefesh. His there there was a story again. This is this is um, written. This is from Tim Bramberg, Sholiv um, Racha, Rabbi Yonav Bramburg, Where he again these are eighty some people. There was a yid who had been um, had been in, in, he was in the in a, he was carted off in a wagon. With dead people to the gas chambers, to the crematorium, not the gas chambers, he looked dead. Gershon thought that he saw, felt some life and he snuck in to the place where they were holding dead people till the morning and felt him and stroked him and felt that he was still alive. He schlepped him back, revived him and this person was not registered. So there was no food. And he took from himself or from others and brought it back to life. Those were the unhuggers that were, you know, that were it was the coming out to full bloom in, in the moment when, when it was called for. The camp was liberated and a day later, two days later, the officer, American, English officer comes, came around to check what's going on. And he sees her Gershin learning something, whatever it is, he had, he had a few pages, I don't know what he had there. And he asked him, what is this? So he said, this is, it's a yeshiva, it's a school. So he said, uh, yeah, who's the head of the school? Says me says, and uh, where's the student body? He says, me. And the soldier looked at the guy with him and he said, you know, it's, it, it, of course, living in a place like this drives people crazy. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's not, you know, how could a person remain sane in a place like this? And patted him and walked on. Well, he, he um, maybe was the same, but, 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 his, but his insanity became a reality. He opened up and schlepped kids, all sorts of kids, assortment of kids, people, bacham, all sorts, and slowly had yeshiva in different camps, different deeper camps, and so on and so forth. Um, He tried, you know, getting money, like a few days later, he advertised opening yeshiva with full full accommodations, food and and, uh, sleeping arrangements, and like everything, there, there was, you know, everything was a bit of um, the He, you know, the, different agencies came that provided food net, and they didn't have, they did not particularly care for him or for what he presented. Yiddishkeit, and him especially, and especially he, he had no, did not show any uh, cowering to, to authority of the people basically said, this is Shiva, this is, this repair here. He said, yeah, have you prepared for life? He said, this is Shiva and this here. That's it. And I want you to support it. It was very, and somehow, it went. Somehow, it, 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 it was, it, it became. He, um, he went to camp, the camp, and at some point, they ended up, like a lot of, like a lot of refugees ended up in France, and made Shiva and made Shiva there. The um, and again it was incredible because all of the agencies that could help or would help had zero interest in helping anything that we represented. The um, but it became in the next two or three years people gradually began leaving they began accepting in America, and so on. And he heard someone in a conversation told him that, and he also he also was going to go to America and reestablish yeshiva in America. But someone told him that in Casablanca, in Morocco, yeah. there are eighteen thousand children, Yiddish children, with zero Jewish education. He got on the next plane and went to Casablanca. He had never seen a Sephardi before, probably, spoke nothing but Yiddish, had zero resources, and himself was a beaten man. No, he was a man who was beaten. He was not a beaten man. And my friend told me that his nose had been totally pulverized and was totally recreated. He didn't have his results after the beatings. But there are 18,000 Yiddish Shekinda. 18,000 Yiddish Akinda. And he went from, I don't know what language he spoke, but he went from Rav to Rav and said, Give me children. Give me, give me. And he demanded. And he would say, this was his mantra. How will I come to Shemayim and I won't have, I, I, I won't bring the children with me. Where are they? And something began. And then politically, the, um, those countries, with, with the state of Israel, so those countries became inhospitable to the Jews. They were all Francophone countries. They were countries that had different arrangements. Algeria had been a colony, and Morocco with a very close affiliation, Tunisia, and the floodgates opened up, and hundreds of thousands of Jews, uh, from these countries, came to France. And he made it his... Um, this was his calling to be macabre. This was, this was who, who was there. How somebody who spoke Yiddish, had was clueless about Tzfa, had no idea how he did it, like he said, in the verdict, they would say, I never asked myself if I can do it. My only question was, should I do it? If I need to do it, then I do it. Can do it is not a question. And his yeshiva began developing. He developed a yeshiva, he developed, uh, uh, so mainly needed a girl's school, needed a koilin, and he would push his Talmudim to go and make more moistness. And they would go to different cities and make moistness on, relentless, 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 on and on and on, and just making vistas wherever was needed. It had, it had no seichel, seichel stopped short way before this. And he continued. A picture of what it's like with his shittas. First of all, I mean, in the early years of the school there, the yeshiva there, somebody describes how the question was which bill collector would be visiting the yeshiva that day. It was all on credit, on loans, and it was a constant struggle to to keep away from the sellers black. It was all, you know, and it survived. Then the government passed some law where a certain percentage, if companies were encouraged to to have 1% of their profits go to some charity. And overnight, he became, he, he got a huge sum of monies, a, a flow of money, which supported the Institution and other places as well. And everybody said, aha, you see, Bitachon worked. There was one person that was more and more unhappy with the arrangement. that was Abgeshe. And he told somebody, you know, it's very nice, as money. <coughs> But there's no bitachin, there's, there's a lot of <coughs> sense of contentment, of smugness. It's a horror I say Hashem, listened to Phyllis, and it was, um, it stopped at some point, and went back to where it was. But the the amount of millions and millions and millions of francs that were, that, that his budget was, was incredible. Somebody wrote, he was the editor of the, um, the Yiddish vote, this good publication Yiddish, describes the following scene. In the early '60s, on a legal holiday, they needed somebody to open the office, the Akutis office on Five Beacon Street, and uh, and it was my turn. So whatever it is, got up and went to open the office. It's before eight o'clock, and there's a yid with a suitcase standing. The office building? And he looks at him and says, Reb what are you doing here? He said, well, I came for a fundraising trip, two weeks' fundraising trip. I'm going to be by uh, Ram He was the um, son of the Alphabatic. He, he, he had a base had a American. Later in Australia, a And he said, so what are you doing here? He said, well, I arrived this morning. He didn't take any money for coffee because... There's a bunch of them in the world. So somebody at the, in the flight offered him a ride to the Lower East Side. So he said, fine. He came there, he remembered that he, re, he knows Rabbi Yassif in that good end. The good is about a 20 minute walk away. So he walked over there. So like I said, but how do you, how do you like, how do you come out? He says, well, you're here, aren't you? I need $5 for a cab to remind Ramiyafi. So, and he wouldn't take a penny more. He gave him $5 said, a loan, a $5 loan. And two weeks later, he paid it back to him. And Friedensen told him, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect you to give it back. It's $5. He said, no, I took it for a loan, so I give it back. You want to give it a donation, it's a second thing. But this is it. This is for a person that was running Moistis with millions and millions of francs of dollars uh, in, in, in budget and never lost that Novartica, um, if it be is it be tough. If if, if if you know Ko can provide a ride right, so he provide it for me the um, his own living my my friend told me it's so different variations of it, but the, my chava told me <coughs> that um his his apartment was in the yeshiva it was like the you know when you have a staircase so you know like we have a crawl space type thing so underneath the staircase there's a triangular section he closed it in and that was his apartment he had remarried and that was his apartment and he's told somebody it's a wonderful apartment because at times you have to bend your head a little bit it's it, it comes with built-in achna. and that was that was his life he, 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 he never refused to buy anything, no, refused to take anything, nothing. No, was, did not, wasn't, wasn't Nana where the key was there. Someone writes a description of his, um, he went with him, they needed money badly, they went to a big fear. This person was a, um, this person was a very refined French gentleman, I assume he was traditional to some degree because, because um, in fact, I was willing to speak to him. But they walked into an extremely elegant villa with the nicest, you know, paintings <laughs> and carpet. Person is very, very um, refined, and you know, there. Lebgeshov looked at it, and it really, really, it, 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 every every part of him. Re- re- rebelled against it. And he began to speak to the yid about what are hazis what is, and and how moros hazis and, and how a person sells himself and on and on and on. He he, he was an and this person started sobbing. And the the, the sobbing and sobbing and, and, and he was merciless. He got lost into his this whole Levitic, he, he got into it and, and the person finally went over to the safe, opened up, took the whole, everything he had in the safe and dumped it at Reb Gershon's feet. Reb Gershon was lost in a different world. And he opens his eyes and looks at it and he says and he ran. He said, this is what you want from me now? And he ran because he lived at BeEmes. He he was the, 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 he, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a sales talk, it wasn't a chetimza. He was telling somebody about a and now the person gives him a few bundles of cash. I, I told you Dvir kim and now I'm getting people, And he ran. That was his mitzvah. He um th- the the um, he took into his, my my friend told me, he took into his maestis anybody. He said he would extend himself for a kid that was in the dumps big time. But there was a point at which if he felt his mazizim rabbin as big as his Rahmanis was to take him in, he would, he would drop him. He, he had made a nether that he would never refuse someone. He had made a shivu in the camp, he never refuse someone. But by the same token, he wouldn't, um, if somebody, if somebody um, was a mazik, then he felt he can't keep him, and he would be mirachic. The um, he demanded of the Bahram the same level of avoda. There was a the Vardic. They would go to forests for days without taking any provisions with them. They would they would they would practice hispitedus. They would have intense vadim where they would demand of each other, where they would rip themselves to pieces. They they. they, they Everything was, you know, extreme with the, with the fire of the Vardik. My friend told me, he was a very shmaka person, he said, this is as pure as can be in this world. And if I would have stayed any longer, I couldn't have been able to, to, <coughs> to, 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 to take it. He eventually came back and became a gachita, actually. But that was, that was the fire. And he told me, he said, there was no... Emis is Emis all the way and there's no corners cut there's no excuses, there's no tirutzim, there's no azay, azay, azay he Randall's Moistus and he built an empire of terror and so on that was incredible everything, anything in, in, in today in France there's much there that's developed, started from that I want to go through some of the points that he made. How did the war affect his hashgafa, his understanding of things, and so on? Many times, he used it as a muscle, And it's interesting what the muscle was. He, he, he spoke before Elul. And he says, you know what Elul is like? He said, I remember in Vilna when the Xeria came out that we have to go to the ghetto. It meant that within a few days, 70,000 people would have to find accommodations in this tiny place without any idea what went here and so on and so forth. And, and he said, you can imagine the extraordinary, um, the, the extraordinary pressure there was What's going to be? How's it? It's going to have to happen. The, 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 the Germans had said by this day, anyone's not together guy's going to be shot. Everyone will have to be there, and you'll have to be there. He said that's Elo. When, when a few days, he said m- within a month, within are there Yom H- How's it going to work? Ghetto was famous muscle for Elo. That's that's that was the muscle. The nimsel was Elo. He spoke about. Ben al Khabir and so on, he said, when we were there in the camps, more important than the food, the thing that was most that was most necessary for life was warmth. Because food and drink, but it was freezing. And we'd be huddled together so that we'd be warm. And he said, and it's the first time when I appreciated that the very existence of another person gives me life. He said, Achim Sara is an Achva. The bond that I had with people when we were such massive, I understood for the first time what Achva means, what brother means. So I learned from it, brotherhood. He's, he, he wondered, he, he, you know, people talk about kashas. He said his kasha was how could people remain not from after the war? The, the whole parak in Azino. I mean, don't you see? Didn't you see a Baruch who bringing the mighty country with one goal to exterminate Jewish people? Don't you see? Well, of Azino comes to life, how could a person not believe? He, he's, he had a temir he says if I a person it's possible for a person to not be and not to believe and so on. how could one one German soldier march a thousand people to the, to the gas chambers it, it, isn't it obvious there was, there's an observation that he made right? I want to go through it only somebody like him could say it and, and it needs um, he spoke about chazal it says it says by the Brisbane Absari that a darkness befell um, and it brings chazal say um abba I spoke about four things: Gehennom, Malchias, and so on. Amalek. So he asked them: Do you want your children to suffer from Gehennem or from Malchius? Reb Papa, Oma, Avram B'irloi, as a Malchias. Avram chose Malchias. S- and uh, one the says he thought of choosing Gehemian and Akash told him Malchus is preferable so he spoke and he said so I'm standing there in the gas chambers in the crematorium and Avraham Avinu sees this and Avraham Vinu chose this for us Avram Avinu chose this this is what he chose this is Mauchius how how could Avram choose this so s- somebody shallow would answer yeah because it's still more uh, yeah it's still more uh, suffering that's that's us but Gershin spoke through the varic. I'll say a marshal to describe what he said and then I'll say his words Imagine a person has a choice of two possible things. At a very important moment in his life, at his chasen, at his wedding, a bucket of paint is going to fall down and get his suit totally, blue paint all over his suit. Or it could fall on his forehead and make a scar. So, a person would say, A suit is a suit. It's very uncomfortable, very unpleasant to, to be in that situation. But the suit's not me. Throw it out the garbage. Get another suit sometime. A scar is a scar. It's me. It's in my body, and that's me. Gehenim is a pgam in the atsmias of a person. Malchias is on the levush, on the guf. The Gehenim is something that means that the B'gammon Kalei Yisrael was somewhere in the Nefesh. And that's what he said. Avram chose the, the body with the, with, with the Gersons crushed body and pulverized body. It's a suit. So Avada, okay, kapara suit, but it's not me. That's me. The only person that could say it if somebody who lived it and who lived it. Somebody who went through that Gehenim and somebody who lived that way each moment of his life. That's the only person that can say it. And it's only his story that can say it over. To understand that Malchus means this it means the Gehenim of, 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 of Auschwitz is a Gehenim on the Gufa Klai Israel. And the Gufa Klai is the Guf, not the Nefesh. That's how he understood it. He spoke. It says by uh, by Moshe It says <laughs> Why did he? Why did it was, it was over there by the by Paul Hashem and so on. It says So he said He saw Erek The Erechapayim that he saw was what made him (coughs) be Mishdachachachbarch. But Gershon said, We don't bear for Erechapayim because we don't live with Erechapayim. We live with Ratranis. The reason why we think things are good is because, yeah, we're okay, we're decent people, and Kachbarch was nice, and things are good, and that's that. That's why we have no sense of being moedah an erachapayim. If a person were to understand midas Sadin and understand that tvius neiroas on a person, and understand what a person is and how accountable he is, and then a kodesh baruch Hu says, erachapayim, a person would be vayikod an z'mishtachu. But we don't understand. We don't know what erachapayim is because we don't know what din is. He said he added by um, the, um, to what he said before about the difference of Avram Avinu choosing this, he said, he added another knaj, and he said, had Avraham Avinu chosen Gehenim, he would not be an ivry. An ivry means I'm completely different than everybody else. I'm different than all Umasailam. All Umasailam, they, they, they would choose Avada because by them the goof is themselves. It's because the, the, what the title of Ivri, Tavron, is because of that. He said one more thing, which I guess in a way as sort of embodies what his, um, how he survived and what he did and so up. He says it's based on Hazal also. It says, "Hinimamto lechem lechem in Hashemayim." So it says, "B'schus Hineni shal Avram, zochol Hineni mamtochem in Hashemayim." Because of the Hineni of Avram, he would they was zocher to the Hineni mamtochem in Hashemayim. He said the word Hineni means Hinani. I'm offering you myself on a platter to you. Everything that we think of self, everything of me, my existence, my covet, my, 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 my pain, my pleasure, Hineini, when a person offers himself, they called it the, the Vatican coin was his masros, then of course Hineini, then if our Matzi is for Baruch Hineni Mantrachem vechem yashayim means I'm here to serve you. Of course, my malachim get from me straight because they're here for me. And that was how he lived it. He lived the hineni. There was nothing, no pain, no pleasure, no 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 covered nothing. All of it was hineni, and that's where the bitochim comes from. Again, when pe- when people live their own life and they expect the to supply them, that's not bitochim. Scrubkite, excuse me. It's when a person says, I'm kolkulai, I'm kolkulai masakarish baruchu, and there's nothing else in my life but a karish <laughs> then of course baruch I, I'm, I'm a karish supplies. I'm a Those were some of the things that he spoke about, about the, about the uh, war and so on and so forth. One more story. He had. His room, the, I, I believe, if I'm saying correctly, the cloud was that you could always um, you could always walk into the room if the door was open. In other words, if it wasn't locked. Then why not? My friend told me one of the things that he found. The one way to describe regression was he never flinched. He said he, he would read a newspaper. He had time set aside. He'd read the Moudia from Eretz He would get like a, a big batch of them. We'd read them. And whatever time set aside, if you walked into the room and he was reading a muddiyah, th- there was no involuntary click. It's Pashit. Akashbah was here. If, if it's the right thing not to read a so Yankel the Talmud walked in, I don't feel comfortable. And the is here, I do feel comfortable. Obviously, at the terrorists, I think this is, it, it, this is what I'm supposed to do now. So he so said, never ever flinch. He said he would have mincha sometimes. If he had, to, if he was stuck in the in the Grand Central Station, of France, in Paris, and there would be, uh, um, he was standing down in the middle, and he really, really couldn't care very much what people thought about it. Really didn't bother him at all. The, um, so one day, somebody, one Friday, somebody walked into his room. It was a t- and the door was not meant to be open, but it was open. And Gershon was lying on the floor with a white sheet over him and candles around him. He had a klius every week of Yiskala Yoima Misa. And this was the type of case. He usually he locked the door, he'd forgotten to lock the door, and the person walked in. So we'll ask ourselves somebody who went through. The Shiva Maduri Gehenim of the war and lived a life like that. What does he need Yiskuyama Misa for? I mean, he also needs Yuskay Misa. We, Hashem, we live a pampered life and so on and so forth. So it's good that occasionally we remind ourselves it's not forever and so on. Somebody who went through everything, he needs Yusukayama Misa. And someone asks a question, never step foot in the valley. A person, the Sahara is there every minute, and two days after you leave the camps, you're already the stake is not done well enough. They called you Hagoin Arab instead of Aravagoy. Uh, this guy got a kid before you. A person forgets and forgets. And there is nothing in the world that a person can do that that will will be uh, a, a final sealant against the insa So long as a person is awake, he needs to work on himself actively to 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 um, to keep the out. And Reb Gershon, after all the Gehenna he went through, and after the life he was living, he felt he needed every week to remind himself, Seif Adam I have a thought about something about the, the person the um it, a popular a popular description of of um, of the of the of the camps was it was a different planet, a different world it was an unreal world and so on Murray says that Rabbi Yosef very, very, i sure the got very sick. He was, like, like for a while in the other world. He came back. amale Avua's father asked him, my chazis, what did you see there? Amalai Oilam Haufach Raisi. I saw an upside-down world, a topsy-turvy world. Raisi al lamata, bitachtayim lamala. I saw al-yoinim lamata, bitachtayim lamala. said, told the b'ni isa, you saw a clear world. hosam Osam, how are we in that world? Nan Hocha Hokasin as we are here with there. I would like thinking into regression. The war years was the Oilombor Isi. We walk around this world and we think we have a Chaskashai. Of course, living, we'll live medicine, this, that, you know, we're, we're hit, we're good. The, that's an oilam <laughs> hafuch. An, <laughs> an, <laughs> an, <laughs> an <laughs> oilam emes is that unless HaKadosh Baruch Hu is goyizahayim, <laughs> a person doesn't live, and the place where you saw that is in the camps, beharef <laughs> ayin, you didn't exist, and if you existed, there's a reason for it. Somebody who walked in Germany in the 20s. So beautiful world. Heflichkeit, people were very, very civil, very well mannered. Kant, Schiller, Goethe, Beethoven Bach. Beauty, intelligence, intellect, eloquence. Very, very beautiful world. If a person, if, pardon, if a person sees a carcass, it's disgusting. But if a person somebody takes a carcass and douses with perfume and puts makeup on it, 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 it really is is um, nauseating. Much more. You see it as it is one thing. The German of 1943 was the Emis. The same chayyarah. But he was dressed, he was dressed with perfume. He, he walked around, he was yeah, and this and that. Oylem burr, That's the real world. Take away the perfume, and this is what it looks like. People wondered, how could it be? Of course, this is where, where should it be different? So the difference is he didn't even do ishti. Just killed. If there's no Yersel Akim, where are they going to get it from? <coughs> That's the Emis. For three, four years, he lived with Emis. And nothing counted over there. You had no titles. You had no, no covet, you, 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 you Nothing. This was Adam Bami And it, it may have been very, very brutal. But it was an Emeser world and only people like Reb Gershin was the same Reb Gershin, here and there and afterwards, one and the same. His moistus lived afterwards, but the Vardik didn't. Moistis, a wonderful Moistis, a carved, hidden, shivas, everything wonderful. But that fire of Navardic didn't stay on. It says Rabbi Shimon when he left the Myra the first time, whenever he saw somebody doing something mundane, he looked at him very crumb and burned. Told him, go back to your Myra, you can't keep the world like this. And came back a second time, that was Nechale. It wasn't the pshat that it was a Havamina and a maskana. Without the first going out and being maimed, a certain emes, then then, then the person doing mundane things would be a sheker. It's only when you have the crystal clear fire of emes lamita that you don't need five dollars in your pocket to get a cap. Because if there's a rebellion, if you believe in it, then then you're doing your shlokomis, and then there'll be somebody there. Then then we raise your fields and be waiting for you. If if a talus is laying there, is hollow, then then you, you do your piece. There shouldn't be May, even if it means you're beaten to a pulp. If a person is somebody who's on top of his then even if you starve to death, you leave over peace. That's emis, and the world needs that light of emis. The world can't survive. The world can't keep with that light. That's an Aragoness. That lost love will be here. But if we didn't see that light, if we hadn't seen that light, then we wouldn't have, then, then what we do would be resting not on Emes. It's when you misbeign it on the life of a person that Emes knew no compromise. And as the altar left in Savar, Fight until the end for Emes. Emes in and Nashkafes. <laughs> Emes in Derech <laughs> Achayim. Emes in the person's Nefesh versus his guf. Emes in every possible. Then a person. Okay, then what you build, maybe is built on good insights. One more agasha. We we're in every year. And understand. What we're missing. You're hearing a story from me. I saw a person, maybe, didn't see this fire. I maybe can connect better to it. This was a world that lived. And it's part of the churvim of that world, is the world, the base Medrash, that was the Vedic, is gone. I had another, something else, I was very moved. Two years ago, we spoke about Yosef Tzvi Kalba. It's hard to imagine two people more opposite, and yet each one is an Amudad and a Haider. Karish Baruch is to make a Machoyov for tzaddik and each one will stand pointing to Karish Baruch from his point. Two Tzaddiki could be at the opposite ends of the circle, and both are equidistant to Karish Baruch. Kisma akoidish has a Shi'ashirim and has a kohelus. How's Shi'ashirim, the song of love, takaris parucho, the Zamiri Gia sit together with mashahoya mashayya, and 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 uh, everything is 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 is, is worthless. Avela volim. How does it sit together in Kisar Kodesh? Teretz <laughs> is, because Yubayin Shalom is mark of everything. Understanding what Yubayin Shalom is means we understand the whole picture. We don't have the Koyach to learn in one sitting Eicha and Koyalas and Sheashir. But that's what existed. There was a world not long ago when you had towering figures who represented Batimidrashim, each one with their own particular seifer, each one with their own particular godless hanefesh. That we, that, that we, even talking about it, it sounds like a fairy tale. Asher ayin rasezais, <laughs> in the mishma's name, the Dov